Today we are talking about God in spirit form. The Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, He is a person. We know that from the Bible. We not only know that He is a person, but that the Holy Spirit is God. He was not created by Jesus or by God. He is God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is eternal and holy. We know that he is consistent with the triune God according to the word of God. We know that the Holy Spirit is omnipotent. That means all-powerful. We know that the the Holy Spirit is omnipresent, and that is that he is everywhere, and that he is omniscient, and that is he is all-knowing. The word for spirit in the Old Testament is ruach, which means a breath, a violent uh, exhaling. And in the New Testament, that Greek word translated spirit is the word pneuma, which means a current of air or a blast of breath or a strong breeze. And so we have been trying to focus on the Holy Spirit in talking about he is a person the first week. Last week we talked about the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I pray that you kept track of what you noticing God doing in and around you in the hopes that we would adjust to him and experience him more. Today I want to talk to you about the power of the Holy Spirit. A few years back, we, uh, we had built a house. And so, um, for some reason, there was a gob of a big stack of wood. It was both trim wood and... Uh, stuff that you use around your closets and stuff like that. But I mean, this wasn't just a small stack. This was like a really big stack and it was wide and everything. It looked like somebody left a pallet of wood in our garage. And it was too nice for me just to go, I don't want that. I mean, it was so nice. But it came in 10 and 12 foot sections. So I could not get it up the stairs into the attic. So I had to cut it in half. Well, I got out my tools and I got out my old saw and I started cutting I had this whole stack of wood, and I thought, how in the world am I going to get through this? But I started getting at it. So I got at the wood. I can't even get this thing started up here. And I started sawing as much as I could. And I, I did about two or three pieces. And I thought, you know what? i got a friend. His name is Jeremy Freeman. He's got a tool for everything. So I, got, I asked Jeremy. I came in to work the next day. He said, I'll go home. I'll get one for you. This is a Milwaukee I don't even know what the name of it is, but it's got that red lithium XC 5.0 battery. I don't even have to plug the thing in. I love that. I mean, we, here we go. All right. And I started cutting. I mean, I did not. It didn't take me. It didn't take me like five or six minutes to do this whole stack. I just pick one up and I just cut it in half. I just cut it in half. I just sitting there. I mean, I wasn't out there, but just a minute. I'm just sitting there cutting as fast as I can. I couldn't keep up with the saw. 
So many of us are living our life and we are trying to live the Christian life the best we can. We're rolling up our sleeves, we're putting on our gloves, we're trying our best to live this Christian life. When the truth is, God has given us the Holy Spirit so that we can live life not within our own power, that we have been charged to be able to live life in the power of the Holy Spirit. So many of us are just trying so hard. We're grunting. We're trying. We're almost proud of how hard we, it is for us to work in our own strength, in our own will, in our own, ta- you know, our own knowledge and everything. But God has supplied not only the presence of the Holy Spirit, he also supplies... Here, let me clean this off here while I get there. He's also supplied the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. A.W. Tozer said this, we may as well face it, the whole level of of spirituality among us is very low. We have measured ourselves by ourselves until the incentive to seek higher plateaus in the things of the Spirit is all but gone. We have imitated the world, sought popular favor, manufactured delights to the substitute and substituted it for the joy of the Lord and produced a cheap and synthetic power to substitute for the power of the Holy Spirit. We need desperately in this age, the power of the Holy Spirit. When we look at the Old Testament, when we look at the Bible, we find where the Holy Spirit does incredible things when he moves. Like for example, when he gave Joseph skill to rule over Egypt, the Holy Spirit gave Joshua military power. Uh, The Holy Spirit gave the words to the prophets to speak prophetically over God's people. We even see where Gideon was given power to lead people into battle. In in Judges chapter 14, verse 6, we see where the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson in power. So he tore a lion apart with his bare hands like he would tear apart a goat. And we see that. We see 1 Samuel 10, 6, where uh, the words to Samuel to Saul, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. And then we see the Holy Spirit working in the New Testament. Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 1, when Mary wondered how it would be, she asked this question, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. When Jesus gave his life for our sins on the cross, the Bible says that the Son of God was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And before Jesus ascended to heaven, he gave, he promised the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to turn to Acts chapter 1. If you have your Bible, turn there with me to Acts chapter 1. 
we'll start reading in verse 4. I want to ask you this question as you're turning this. Have anybody here ever met anybody that seems to have more spiritual power than I do? Have you ever met anybody that you just look at them and you say, I, it just seems like spiritually they have more power than I do. Anybody here ever met anybody? Like when they pray, you're like, wow, they pray differently than I do. And then they walk and they seem to have control. They seem to have a joy that I don't know. Does anybody here know somebody like that? That you just, you know somebody like that. You're like, man, they walk like that. Oh, there's three people that know somebody. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. I, I, I want to tell you, I have over the years. i never forget when I graduated from college and I had moved to Nashville and there was a man named Don Finto who was my new pastor and he was 55 years old and I was 23 years old and I mean it, I'm telling you, he had more energy and vigor for the Lord than I did. I was 23 years old. I was like, how do you do this? He lived in the, spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit, not only in prayer, but also we'd go out to lunch. I mean, he would just be like, I mean, it was really an education for me just to have lunch with him because the guy would walk up. And I remember one time we were on Music Row and we were having lunch and he, uh, he a, a young man, like probably about my age, 23 years old, he walked up to our table and he kind of conversed with me. He said, Brother, he said, how can we pray for you? And he said, well, I, I know who you are. You're, you're Pastor Don. And he's like, well, yeah, how do you know me? Well, I used to go to church at your church. I and, he, and the young man was like, well, I don't go to church. I'm in college. I don't really go to church like that much or anything. And Fento was like, brother, that is not from the Lord. You need to walk in the Lord. Do not betray the Lord in your young age. Brother, you need to stand in the Lord. I want you here today to declare that you're going to walk in the Lord. And I'm just like, I'm looking at the menu for a cheeseburger or something. You know, I'm handing my head I'm like there's a confrontation going on. Oh, he was so, and, but you know what? It was very liberating. And the young man thanked us for coming for lunch and it gave him life. I, I've known a couple other people. There's another guy named Michael Guido. Michael Guido is one of these guys that ministers to musicians. So like, like groups like back in the day, like Jars and Clay and, and old school like DC Talk and those guys. He used to travel around with them and minister to those guys. That was his thing. He was from Los Angeles. He sold his towel business and he just started ministering to these guys. But man, Guido was just so different. He was just this guy that like, he was just, he wasn't out of bounds biblically, but this dude was crazy, man. He was just radical for Jesus. And so like he would just be on, we'd be in Pittsburgh or someplace in some town and he would just walk up and down the street and he wasn't, he was just looking in the spirit for places to minister and he would just be like, and he's the one that taught me just, you know, hey man, we'd be walking down the street. He's like, Johnny Mac, we got to knock one out right now. And he would just be like, Papa God, right now. And I'll never forget when I was engaged to Sherry, he was just like on the telephone with me all the time just praying over me and just saying, boldly just asking for God to do a work in my life. He was just somebody that I was like, wow, where does all this come from? I, I, when, I, when I look at myself, I wanna, I wanna have that kind of power. Well, the Bible says that for those who believe in Christ, 
you have access to that same Holy Spirit that we see found in the Bible, promised in the Bible, and also lived out. And so we see in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, where all this comes from and the continued plan for us as promised in the Bible. In verse 4, And while staying with them, he ordered them to not depart. Who is he? Jesus. And that Jesus is with them. The resurrected Jesus is now with his followers, his disciples. And he says, He ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Boy, that's important. Wouldn't that be good for us? That's a good word just for us. Wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. There's some times when we need to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And when they heard this, so when they they came together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now this word power that we see in this passage is from the root word, the root Greek word, dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite. And so he says, but you will receive the dynamite power. You will receive a miraculous power. You will receive the explosive power of God when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And it will baptize you and you will have dynamite power, the explosive power of God. Then he says to the the disciples, you are going to be empowered by the Spirit to take my message into the whole world. Now, you have to remember who he's exactly talking to. Who is he talking to? He is talking to a bunch of scared, scattered men and women. The people that on the day that Jesus was arrested and then to the next, all through that night, to the next day, even Peter, his closest, most hardened, strong, courageous follower denied the Lord three times. And on that day, when they had denied the Lord and they had scattered, and, Jesus, and Peter had scattered and, and even denied even knowing Jesus, on that day, he could have preached 3,000 sermons and not one person would have been convinced. But when Jesus told him to go and wait for the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter preached one sermon and 3,000 people got saved. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you today about, in the time I have left, the four distinct abilities that the power of the Holy Spirit wants to give you. Here's the first one, and it's right here 
in the charge from Jesus to his disciples. The first one is the Holy Spirit gives you the power to share Christ boldly. The Holy Spirit wants to give you that power. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul is talking to the church at Corinth. And he is talking to them, and really he's defending his ministry to them. Part of it is that they're kind of a, uh, there's evidently some talk about his ability to preach. And then he comes and he says to them in verse 4, he says, And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. If you have felt maybe uncomfortable ever, underqualified, maybe not good enough to share your faith. There is nobody that understands that better than I do. I want you to know that when I was young, specifically when I was in the second grade and the fourth grade, I was so afraid of standing up and reading and speaking in front of people that I hardly could even read. When I was in the second grade, for two days straight, a teacher sent me home with the part of the book that I was supposed to read so that I could read it the next day in class. And I was so nervous that they thought I had a reading problem. But I was so nervous in front of people. In fact, all through my like little league basketball and football and all that, and then all the way through in my middle school years, I would get so nervous before a game that I could not eat. You can just put two and two together there a little bit. I mean, it was hard for me to be in front of people. I was scared to death. I was scared to death of being embarrassed. I, I really struggled, and they got, I got all that worked out with I could read, but the whole thing of doing it in front of other people was really hard. And then I came to the Lord when I was 16 years old. I did that in April the 6th of 1980. Two months later, I was going with a, with a youth group. After I'd gotten saved, they were going to go on a trip. And I went to North Carolina to this camp called Centrifuge. And I was at this camp, and there was probably about six, maybe 800 people at this camp. And my pastor, my youth pastor, came to me and said, Johnny, uh, so they were kind of talking amongst the leaders, and they'd like to have somebody that was involved in sports or something like that to give their testimony. I volunteered you. I mean, I was like, what did you say? And he said, you can do it. You can share your story of how God saved you with these people. And I was, I was a red-hot mess. I didn't know what I was going to say, how I was going to say it. And all he told, I'll never forget, uh, his name was Dave Wilson. He came to me and he said, Johnny, this is nothing for you because you have the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you now. And Jesus, this is God's will for your life here some people need to hear what you have to say. And you know what? It was different from that point on. I just, I mean, sometimes maybe you do. Maybe you come and hear me preach and you're like, yes, I get it now. I get it, maybe. That's what you think. But I want you to know that that's the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And he can use, if he can use me, and he can empower me to do this, he can empower every person here. I am maybe out of all of us the least likely candidate that God would ever use to preach and to bring the message of God. But that I serve as an example to you that God can use you and he can empower you. It's not because of me. I didn't go to any classes. I have not, listen, I didn't even get my master's till 20 years after I graduated from college. I, I, I am not a learned person. I'm, act, I, I'm not that smart. I don't know that much. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit. If God has ever done anything, it's because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is what God has a call on your life to. He has empowered you to be able to give your message and to lift up the name of Jesus. Don't say, I don't want you to say, well, that's for somebody else. He can give you the whole, same Holy Spirit can come upon you, a regular person in the power and give you the power to share Christ boldly. Second thing is this. He, and this is very important for some of you here today. The Holy Spirit can give you the ability. He will give you power when you are weak. When you are weak, when you're downtrodden, when you're discouraged. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And this is going to speak to some of you. He will give you power when you are weak. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Did you hear that? Likewise, the, the Holy Spirit gives you power in your weakness. For we do not know what we are to pray and for what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Right here, verse 26, in the same way, he helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray even, and the Spirit intercedes. All these things, there is something that the Holy Spirit has done in me in my weaknesses. He has provided power in my weaknesses. That's something the Holy Spirit did for me in my weakness. And I pray that you know that the Holy Spirit empowers you in your weakness. Are you weak today? I pray you'll know that the Holy Spirit empowers us in our weaknesses. So many years pass, and I go into ministry. I'm married, and uh, Sherry and I have two daughters, and we decide to move to my hometown in the same church where I got saved. And I came back, and there were about 10 kids coming on a Sunday night. And I knew, that, and the church was about 350 people. I knew God had a call in my life, and I didn't know quite what I was up to. I didn't know what to do. And I had a, God had planted a vision within my heart for me to get some coaches together. And we would, uh, we would do ministry together. That I didn't want to build the ministry around me. I wanted to have a whole pe group of people around me. I'd always been like a Pied Piper, you know, like, hey, you're the cool youth pastor. You do everything, and it's all built around you. And I had this vision that I could get some people maybe to help me do ministry. So we were on this trip, and we come back, and um, 
they, they had told me that Maynard's Garage had donated their building to our church. Well, you got to know about Maynard's Garage. I lived about six blocks away from Canova Elementary. And every day I walked past Maynard's Garage to school and back from school, to school and back from school. And in the afternoon when it's hot in West Virginia, nobody had a colder water fountain than Maynard's Garage. It was about halfway to my house. I always stopped in Maynard's Garage, and I always got a cold drink. Well, Mr. Maynard decided to give that building to the church. And I thought, I remember we did this thing called the loft in Nashville. Maybe we could do a thing called the garage. So we called the, we, we decided, now this is a 1920-something Kaiser dealership. Anybody ever heard of a Kaiser dealership? It was an old Kaiser dealership that had leaks everywhere. I personally power washed the floor of that dealership eight times and it still was dirty. The oil was still coming up every time I washed it off. We used the city of Canova, put a dump truck down there. We filled that thing double digits. We cleared out everything under the sun. There was everything, every problem imaginable to this thing. But I caught a vision for what God might do across the alley. The people in my church, there were people on the leadership that mocked what we were doing. I had one lady who was the head of the finance say to me, to my face, well, Johnny, everybody wants to go play club, but this just isn't a good idea. So I set it forth. We said, we prayed. There was 12 of us, by the way. I thought that was a good number. There was 12 coaches and me, and we would go, and we wanted to pray. And I said, guys, for us to do this in this old dealership, it's going to take it. We had to bring a sound system, and I had to roll 100 chairs. They wouldn't allow me to store anything in the building. But we started it, and in a church of 350, we would average 100 to 140 kids in this. We had 40 kids get saved in the first year and a half that we did the garage. And we, it was amazing what God did. One of the first nights, I will never forget this. I'm standing up front. We built this little stage, this old dealership. And I was standing there, and I saw, I saw something go by. I didn't know quite what it was. And then we're there a little bit later. It's like, oh, that's a bat. This happened. And I am in the middle of a gospel presentation. I mean, it is like, I will never forget. And I am standing there and I said, uh, and, and it's going round and round. I'm like, hey guys, I know that's right. And the, the young ladies were shrinking to the floor. I could see people just crawling towards the floor. And I'll never forget Steve Evans in the back. His dad owned Everoni's Pizza, which by the way, if you're ever in Canova, make sure you get Everoni's Pizza. Anyway, so Steve, I, and, and it's kind of chaotic. I mean, the bats are flying around, and here we are. And it was like, and there I am in this moment. I am thinking, what a dummy I was. See, you can't do anything for God. Steve said, hey, guys, Satan wants to distract you. John, what Johnny is saying right now, you need to hear. And by the way, the kids were hilarious because the rest, every time the bat came out, I remember Caleb Jones, he'd always say, well, there's Satan. They called the bat Satan. I, I say all this to you because today, by the way, I, used to, I should get the picture, Holly Schrader and uh, 
I forgot who was with her, but they st- when they stopped in Canova, they stopped and they go by the garage. The garage is still there. There are a hundred kids there getting together. People have been saved. Uh, there's been bands birthed out of the garage. The Jason Lovins band was birthed out of the garage. Uh, was it me? In my weakness, in my inability, in all the inabilities, in all the things, all the stuff, his power. In my weakness, he is strong. In my weakness, and the same is true for you in your life. In my weakness, he is strong. Look at the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says this. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I want to encourage you today. The Holy Spirit will give you power when you are weak. Number three, he will give you power to have hope in a hopeless world. If you turn on over to Romans chapter 15, verse 13, let the Spirit speak directly to you. Verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're hurting today, if you are afraid, put your hope in God. Let him overflow in your life with joy and hope and peace in the Spirit. Let's say you lose your job. Continue to put your hope in God. He will be your provider. If you find out that someone you love is sick, continue to put your hope in God and let the Holy Spirit be the healer. And if you find yourself worried about tomorrow, put your hope in God. He will hold you. If you're hurting today, I pray that This verse, this one verse, will give you, and that becomes real to you, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would have hope, and that you would put your hope in God. You see, in in our everyday lives, I have a limited amount of hope, because everything in my life is limited on this world. My wife is limited to how much she can encourage and do for me. My kids the same, people the same. But you see, my friends, God in the power of the Holy Spirit is not limited. He has an unlimited power and it gives us hope. Here's the last thing the Holy Spirit will give you. This is the most important. The most important one is this. The Holy Spirit will give you power to experience all the fullness of God. Some of you are saying, what does that mean? Here is what I have noticed. In our church and in our country, I believe so many people have reduced Christianity down to the lowest common denominators, 
basically Christianity for so many people today is, yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did the Jesus prayer. I checked the box. I maybe got baptized. I went and started going to church and all that kind of stuff. And I read my Bible. Yeah, I've read that a little bit. I try to be a good person. Why? Why no power? No power. So many people don't really understand who God is and what he has for you. And the Holy Spirit will give you power to experience the fullness of God, not just exist. If you turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 3, one of my favorite prayers in the Bible, you'll hear me quote this a lot in my prayers. Ephesians 3, chapter 14, Paul prays. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints, that is, the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, to know that the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God, that you would have power and that you would know the fullness of God, now to him who is able to do more abundantly than we could ever ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. The answer is yes. There is so much more. There is the reality of the constant presence of God through the Holy Spirit who who is within you, this peace that surpasses all human knowledge and ability to understand that you can manifest the fruits of the Spirit, that you can know love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, that you can be led by the Spirit and walk by faith and not by sight, that you can have a joy that's unspeakable, that you can have a supernatural strength to live in the Spirit. I want you to call on Him, and I want you to see the Holy Spirit fill you and strengthen you and comfort you and guide you and counsel you and be your intercessor and empowers you for the life that God has for you, that He will give you the power of the Holy Spirit in weakness to strengthen you, that He would give you the hope that he would give you the strength in the Holy Spirit. Show us the fullness of God. I am praying that the Holy Spirit would fill us. I want us to pray right now. And as we pray, I want to pray that the Lord would rule and reign. Help us overcome our flesh and our and help us to surrender fully to the power of the Holy Spirit. And so today, as we pray, I want you to be available to God. He wants to empower you.
to be bold for him. Father, I thank you for the gift of God, your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name today. I pray, Lord, for every person here. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to follow you and to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Lord, we confess that we are weak. Lord, many of us have gone our own way. Lord, we need you desperately. So I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would help us and that you would touch each person here to live for you. I pray that in Jesus' name, amen.